0: In Turkey, really, it's a very hard cuisine to call just Turkish cuisine because it encompasses so many different things in different regions. So wherever you go in Turkey, from one town to the other, um, there's a, a big variety and abundance of uh, and regionality of different, different flavors.
1: This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Turkey and Australia have had the most extraordinary history and just a really unique connection, whether through politics, conflict, migration, or food. There are many stories that connect these two extraordinary countries. But for the most part, food is the connective tissue. Soma Sivriolu is the owner of Effendi and Alison in Sydney, and Effendi in Istanbul. And he's opening a few more restaurants too. Soma, how are you? Very well, Anthony. Nice to be here. Ah, it's great to get you on the show. You're a Pretty busy person. Um, there's lots going on in your in your world. You're, you're back in Sydney and opening some restaurants. What's what's it like being back in Sydney?
0: It's great. I mean, the the uh, torrential rains have stopped, so it's much better than it used to be. Um, while I was
1: away, so now I'm very happy to be back in here and opening up new restaurants. What does it feel like opening new restaurants after the turbulence of the last two years? it's look
0: i mean i've been away for pretty much 8 months that has that has been the longest time that i've been away uh, from sydney um i was here at the beginning of pandemic when we had fandy balmain and it, i mean it was it was a very different feel then um you know we everyone was quite resilient uh, we were still hopeful that we could come out of it but then I left um, pretty much about a month after. Then I came back last year, did my quarantine, um, which was very difficult uh, mentally. And then um, pretty much the whole city was feeling really gloomy and gloomy. And when I came back and I came back a day before Easter, and I was amazed how buzzy the city was. Like it was almost like pre-Olympics. Like there was a huge buzz around in Sydney. Restaurants were bustling. It was all happening. Uh, but once I get into the restaurants, um, it is um, the biggest issue that we all have in the industry now is the amount of staff levels. Like, you know, the service was non-existent in most of the restaurants, you know. So um, that was the biggest shock for me on my trip this year.
1: Well, um, you're doing many things over in uh, Turkey as well as in, in Australia. You're one of the, the the best operators in the country in regards to Turkish restaurants. Uh, Restaurants. So, what's it been like for you and your time in Australia uh, running Turkish restaurants compared to um, food back in Turkey?
0: Um, I've been here 25 years. So, um, before I started to spend my time. I sp- I started to spend part-time in here and part-time in Turkey. Um, so I the first 10 years, I was involved in um, big restaurant openings for big groups. I was their group general manager because I came here to do my MBA. And after that, I pretty much um, worked with those big companies uh, and opening up and closing restaurants. So I was more at a senior position. And I always seen the opportunity that the Turkish cuisine in here was not represented as good as it should have at that time. I'm talking about 15 years ago when I opened up a Fendi, uh, with the exception of the amazing Ottoman restaurant in Canberra, which I sadly heard that is closed or closing, um, you know, that was an institution. Um, apart from that, there was no Turkish restaurant per se. Um, there were a lot of kebab shops and they cheap and cheerful uh, places, but nothing that you could you could name it as a restaurant. So you know, I took it upon myself and I said, "I'll, I, I can do it. I know what needs to be done." And but it was quite challenging because it is it is very hard to introduce a cuisine when there is a um, there is a type of cuisine that is already established in here. You know, when I opened up in Balmain, uh, people like didn't understand like, are you, "Are you going to open a kebab shop? Like, what, why are you opening a Turkish restaurant?" I mean, some of them was even like, you know, in a... and. I see that a lot throughout my career in like, you know, little innocent um, racisms like, you know, why would you open a Turkish restaurant in such a nice restaurant? Like, you know, and I was just saying, wow, what do you mean? Like, you know, Um, so, (laughs) so yeah, we opened up a family and it was a big struggle for the first two years. But once we get over that, I always say this, the 2010 Sydney International Food Festival, um, uh, Joanna was creating it, Joanna Saville, and she brought, uh, two amazing chefs from Turkey, Mehmet Kürs and my mentor, Musa Dadevrat. Um, the uh, Turkish food aficionados would know him from the chef's table on Netflix. Um, and they have been instrumental on me understanding the way the Turkish cuisine should be represented here in Sydney. And since then, it has been an amazing journey. So I changed the way that I think and it changed the way that I approached my restaurants and the rest is history.
1: Well, I want to explore what you have created here and and also what you've been doing back in Turkey as well. But take us back to when you were really young. What, What sort of role did food play in your family?
0: I lived in one of the most uh, one of one of the like the last remaining uh, multicultural communities in Turkey. I, I I'm born and raised in Kadikoy on the Anatolian part of Istanbul, um, where we had lots of Armenian, um, Greek, and uh, Jewish families living in the in the suburb, um, because it was predominantly uh, predominantly those minorities living in there, and then the Turks moving there uh, into that suburb. So it was very. cultural. It was delightful. Like, I was quite lucky to have the taste of those cultures and you know slowly, unfortunately, um so they, they started to leave the country and it became such a monoculture e- even in that area. But I was very lucky when I was a child that I could like, pretty much just you know, play and eat on the street and at, at neighbors' houses um, feeding on delicious food.
1: Do you have any stories of feasts within the family and the sort of food that you sort of enjoyed when you were young?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's um, in uh, like around mid 70s when Turkey was opening up, um, opening up to Europe, it was getting quite modern. And my um, grandma, um, she was pretty much like the first uh, significance of food for me uh, was about like how it brings everyone onto the table and how much of how much of a connecting uh, connection it is. Like, you know, I had two uncles and my mom, which they were quite, you know, they were very busy. My, My uncles were dying. Doctors and my mom was you know she was a she's always been a le bon we want, you know living the life um bit of a hippie but you know they would all come to the table and they would discuss you know they will discuss daily events politics they all had different stands on life but my grandmother's cook was cooking was what brought them all together
1: what, what spawned the sort of move to become a chef and, and head down that path for you
0: um, my mom opened up. Well, she is one of the first Turkish female chefs to open up a meyhanе, uh, which we are now quite familiar with the term in here. Um, and so it's a mezabar, Turkish mezabar, um, or a Turkish tower. And she was one of the first female chefs that opened it. And I was working um, on the floor normally, but she was quite um, temperamental, so she would sack chefs every other day. So half um, of my time, forcefully, <laughs> was working in the working in the kitchen finishing off what the last chef she sacked started off so i worked with so many chefs within like 2 years probably more than 20 30 different chefs
1: tell us about the move to australia were you surprised by the the culinary scene here when you first arrived
0: I was actually I remember coming to Australia in 1995, and the first um, place that I went to uh, was a backpacker's just across from Pasha's in Newtown, um, a Turkish, uh, you know, a very um, old school Turkish restaurant that has been there ages, and I was amazed. It's just like 15,000 kilometers away, and there's a Turkish restaurant in here, exactly where I'm staying. Um, you know, and it was it was like you know it was it was a great scene. You know, this is the you know coming from Turkey. It still like that in Turkey like you know for us um, there is a Turkish food and even the term that they are using in there um, is you know it's quite ethnocentric they said there's the Turkish food and there's a the world food so whatever is not the Turkish food is considered as the world food and as if turkey is not part of the world um, and and um, you know, it's just like all we knew was Asian food we didn't even know that there were different countries for forget about the provenances and everything like that and being a student i live very close to chinatown later on and then i was like i was delighted with the culinary scene in here that you know especially you know chinese japanese malaysian thai and indian foods there were flavors that i never tasted before in my life
1: turkish food is, is so different depending where you are there but what's that special about turkish cuisine for you
0: it's the, it's the abundance and regionality, um, Anthony. Like, you know, in Turkey, really, it's a very hard cuisine to call just Turkish cuisine because it encompasses so many different things in different regions. You know, you go to the Aegean region uh, on, to, on the very west, and it's really based on um, vegetables, uh, small fish of the Aegean Sea, a um, lot of seafood, um, olive oil. Olive oil is very prominent in cooking. Then you go to the east of Turkey, then it's all about butter, Bread, uh, legumes, and lamb. Obviously, a lot of lamb and kebabs and baklavas and things like that. Um, So it's you know um, they don't even seem like part of the same cuisine, but they are they just all blend. And then there are regions that are not very well known outside of Turkey, like the Black Sea region, for example. That is uh, incredible, um, incredible greeneries and um, a lot of different types of green vegetables. uh, Small fish called hamsi, like an anchovy, that they use it very resourcefully. So wherever you go in Turkey, from one town to the other, um, there's a a big variety and abundance of uh, and regionality of different different flavors.
1: Tell us a little bit about your cooking and your interpretation of um the different elements of Turkish cuisine. I know Effendi and Anasan are very different propositions. Um but tell us a little bit about the
0: um, the I mean I I think the biggest change for me as I said when it in 2010 has been that I finally understood that you know all I, all I need to be is I need to be the local Turkish chef of Sydney so I I can forget about me as the migrant chefs we always fall into this trap that like we don't have this produce so we cannot cook it as good as we do uh, back in our homeland uh, or you know we don't have these things in here uh, but then you understand when you when you're aware um, we have an amazing um, produce in here um, you know the abundance of vegetables the fruits uh, the quality of the beef and even the lamb uh, is incredible uh, so you can um, you can really cook your style um, just pretty much just treating this is my local scene this is my local market so I will still cook everything the way that I cook which is turkey style uh, but using the flavors of here so in Effendi being my first restaurant I was trying to, you know, just stay as close to my roots as I can and representing a Turkish cuisine that we are more familiar uh, in Australia with uh, charcoal, barbecues, um, you know, like nice nice wood oven fried, wood oven cooked breads and mezes and things like that. And uh, when we moved to Anason, being just on the water, I said, this is the best place to pretty much cook what I'm used to eating on the Bosphorus, on Istanbul, you know, with a with a glass of rakı or Turkish wines that are not very well known in here, which has nothing to do with kebabs. It's all about you know uh, seafood, uh, vegetables, small plates, sharing, things that can stay on the table long enough. Because a Turkish table, like you don't have six or eight bookings in Turkey. Um, you know, if someone comes in whenever they want to come. When you book in a restaurant, you just book in for the night. So you go there seven eight o'clock and you leave midnight. So the food needs to reflect that. That. It stays on the table, you know, so they're not there just to finish. So we don't have the French method of main desserts. Like Everything stays on the table and it's just a conversation, abundance of food, variety of the food that we share on the table. And that's what we represent in Amazon. And now with the new restaurants, with Maidanos, we are doing more uh, vegetable-driven, we are trying to introduce more vegetable-driven cuisine of Turkey, which is more like the Aegean cuisine. So it's really vegetable-driven. It's not a vegetarian restaurant, but the meat is uh, taking a secondary place uh, to the vegetable and produce of the region.
1: Is that something that you wouldn't necessarily have done five to 10 years ago? Do you think that the culinary landscape has changed enough to push into that direction?
0: I would definitely not do anything like that um, ten years ago. Um, being a migrant is—I mean—it's it's a different philosophy. Now, when you when you when you immigrate to a new country, the first thing that you first urge you have is to fit in. I wasn't born in here um, you know I came I came from Turkey when I was 25 so I was an outsider and I had to fit into the culture there um, you know, it was a very welcoming culture but still you know it is there's a dominant culture in the especially in the food scene so what I was doing was I was pretty much just trying to fit into whatever was the uh, whatever was the um, culinary scene when I opened the Fendi so I was quite timid on expressing myself um, you know at that time it was was all about pork belly for example and and uh, discussing truffle oil so I had on my first mini uh, I had the I had lamb belly because obviously I cannot use pork in a Turkish restaurant and then I had some okras with truffle oil and you know, neither of them are really Turkish but that was like I was thinking that I was trying to adapt it, uh, adapt it to what, what is in here but then you gain confidence and you start to you know stand up on your own stand up on your own and lucky we are in a culture that allows us uh, most of my uh most of my guests um were saying to me that look i've been to turkey why don't you do, do this dish why don't you why don't you start with that and you know slowly once we gain confidence it, we turned we turned our mentality and we turned our approach to uh our approach to our, to our food and using the techniques of turkey without being worried about if they will be liked or not but it's definitely it's definitely improved a lot in here too
1: You mentioned a bit earlier how you spend your time between um, Turkey and Australia. You're one of the hosts of MasterChef Turkey. Tell us the story of how that happened.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, season five. It's amazing. And, you know, um, last year we have done 157 episodes. Uh, each episode is two hours, so you know when I when I see some of my friends in here, like um, and they saying, "Oh, we are very busy. We are shooting." Uh, it's just like what they shoot for MasterChef Australia in one season, we do that in two weeks. <laughs> so it's quite it's quite a it's quite a long show, and it's uh, it's quite a dominating show because it's pretty much in the top three on every rating. So um, it became such a phenomenon. I was I was expecting it to be quite successful, um, unlike even the producers on the first season but even I couldn't dream the success that it's having now so um, yeah it's very busy it really helped us uh, helped me to express myself you know through the show we have the chance to, um, to talk about different things like my role is more about talking about uh, um, other cuisines you know the, the other cultures and expressing it and just because I say things like look there's nothing called Asian cuisine there are countries in there and those countries have their own in, and most of them have different regions in it as well so it's very hard to label anything as an asian food and they just called me in turkey now well, he's an asian food expert i said i'm not at all i just i'm just a very good consumer of asian food but you know it's just even that is enough for the people to say oh he knows asian food very well he's such an expert in that field <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs>
1: can you tell us the story of how you got the gig
0: it was it was quite funny actually what happened is i was going to turkey i do every year every year i used to do a turkish food safari with mevo mara and when we were when we were doing one it finished um, i had a i had an interna- i had a, inter- i was a guest speaker at an international seminar uh, two weeks after the, after the, uh, after the food safari but it got cancelled in the last minute because of sponsors um, and I was in Turkey for two years, and like being a chef, I would be ashamed to take the time off and having a holiday in there. So I heard that uh, MasterChef Turkey was starting. So I send, a, I sa- I know some of the people in it. So I send a message to them. Look, I'm gonna come as a guest chef. You know, while I'm in here, it will be good fun. You know, it's just like um, I would love to appear in one of the episodes um the way that the message got relate to the producers is saying that you know just he's, he's thinking about being one of the judges and um, uh, they were trying to reach me i didn't even know that they were trying to reach me but i said i can't do it i have two restaurants um and the family there's no way i can be away for three months but then they convinced me and, and i'm very lucky i'm very lucky and happy that i took
1: on the offer our mutual friend Pierre from Pepe Sayabada spent some time with you in Turkey last year. And yeah, said, yeah, we did. Um, he said you were mobbed everywhere you went. Uh, How have you adapted to this new life in Turkey? Look, it's not. I mean, it's not something. It's
0: it's not something that I uh, crave for, and it's not adapting. It's just pretty much the condition that I'm in now. And and it's it's a TV show, you know. It will go on as long as it goes on, and I know that once it finishes, it will be um, it will not be something that I will crave for, you know, because um, I'm not an actor, you know. I'm not, a, I'm not a I'm not I'm not a singer. I'm just celebrity by coincidence in there, and in the end, I'm a chef, and I, and I, what I love is cooking and opening restaurants and present around the world so um, nothing will change for me once then the day comes you know but I'm riding as long as I can obviously.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What have you enjoyed about about doing the show and uh, has it given you a different insight into food and, and people?
0: Uh, definitely I mean first of all, it really made me connect in, connect connect me with a much deeper level to my culture because I left Turkey when I was twenty five and um, although I traveled a bit even before then um, the food scene in there like anywhere else is evolving and changing so i've been to I've been to fifty different cities and you know being part of the show it gave me a lot of insight on the way that they cook how they cook it and why they cook it that way so it it gave me it gave me an incredible insight um, to the to the regional food on Turkey that I didn't have before.
1: At the top of the show, we talked about the fact that you're in the process right now of opening some new restaurants. Now, tell us a bit about about both of them and 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 where they are and what you're doing.
0: Sure, My uh, Mydonos is on Fifty Carrington Street. That's pretty much like midtown, so to say, close to Vineyard. And it's a you know small and cute restaurant. We are opening it on Friday. And it's representing, I'm trying to showcase the, um, the type of Turkish cuisine that is very familiar in Turkey. But, um, we don't have a lot of examples outside of Turkey, which is like vegetable driven food of the Aegean culture. So, um, it's not necessarily just vegetarian, but you know, if you have any, if you have any, um, meat in it. It will be just a beef mince or a lamb mince or a piece of chicken with the bone, but the reality will be it's what will be more about the uh, legumes, the greens, um, the vegetables, seasonal vegetables of that culture and mainly cooked with olive oil. Um, you know, the Turkish olive oil braise, uh, braising is a very different uh, cooking method I have not seen in any other culture. Um, So it's very gentle. You poach it almost in olive oil without boiling it and it really um, keeps the character of the produce Um, and, you know, we want to do a few dishes like that, um, you know, presenting some of the organic and small wineries of Turkey, um, which are quite exciting and different uh, and we don't have many examples of that in here either. Um, So yeah, just trying to proper small city restaurant like that that's what it's about
1: you mentioned uh when you first moved here that sort of need to or um to fit in and then represent your culture as well What, what how do you see the culinary landscape and and life for a migrant now in australia sort of 25 years on from from when you first arrived
0: Look, I mean, it's just pretty much
1: everything
0: that we are going through. Most of my friends' chef friends' sets are Italians, probably because culturally we are close, close together. So when I speak to them, it was like, for example, Daniel Russo is a great friend of mine. And, you know, everything that they went through 20 years ago, we are going through as Turkish chefs for example um, so it's just the waves that are coming you know then there's more migration um, than the a certain type of the uh, culture is changing you know I mean Italians said that Chinese said that uh, b- before that now I think it's more uh, uh, Turkish Greek and other communities that are not as been in Australia that have not been in Australia as long are starting to shine and showcase their own cuisine um, it's quite open I think I, I live I lived in America for a year, and I lived in London for six months. And you know, uh, both being capitals of um, culinary cultures, um, like international culinary cultures, um, uh, Australia is the most open-minded, because in here we don't really, we don't really say do it the way that I like it. Like we are very respectful of people doing their own style. Um, But also, I mean, obviously, obviously, it is still hard. Uh, for immigrants to make in the industry make into the industry it takes a bit long but it's it's, it's a reality of life really um, you know I always my experience has always been the cultures that do not have a culinary dominance like France Italy to a certain extent Turkey um, the immigrant immigrant, cu- immigrant cuisines uh, flourish in those regions a lot more than a lot more than a uh, lot more than for example yeah uh, like in France or Italy or in and we are one of those countries quite a new country so we don't really you know if you don't count uh, Aboriginal food culture we don't really have a, a dominant food culture uh, leading food culture in Australia
1: the new restaurants that you're opening at the moment will you know um, add to the offerings that you've got as well you, you opened a in Istanbul is it is it much different to what you were doing in, in Sydney and, and what's the response been like over there
0: um, it's it, The character and the style is the same. I mean, we always talk about the food of the restaurants, but you know in the, the service culture of FND Istanbul will be very similar to the service culture in here because my partner is someone who lived in Australia for fifteen years and worked at FND in here as well, so that is the only service culture that we are brought up with, and we are trying to adapt that in Turkey and the amount of um, amount of um, the, amount of reaction that we get mostly from our staff saying that no, we don't do it like that. You know, we don't call our uh, our customers mate. You know, we don't like, you know. <laughs> um, uh, so, and we say, that's fine, let's change it. I mean, we have nothing to lose. Uh, people are liking it. I mean, they know that it's quite different than most of the, uh, most of the restaurants in that. So we are doing things quite differently and it is probably the closest um, restaurant that you can find in Sydney or in Australia to our culture. But obviously, Obviously, the food is um, showcasing the uh, many varieties of Turkish cuisine. So it is similar in so many sense, apart from the produce, but it wouldn't be any different if I was opening up in Fiji, for example, I will use whatever produce they have over there.
1: You've built the most incredible career of influence in Australia and in in Turkey. What do you love about what you do? Um, At the moment, I love being in in limbo. I mean, sometimes it's real
0: tiring because I wake up and it just takes me uh, 30 seconds to realize, okay, where am I now? Like, <laughs> what am I doing now? Like, am I going to the studio or am I going down to Barangaroo? Um, and so you know, it, is, it 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 does get tiring, but I, I but I like it because you know, I mean, I see that I'm quite lucky because. Um, I, I work really hard, but I see the results of it. Finally, I start to see the results of it. So I'm really enjoying it. And I really enjoy to enjoy not being um, held on by a, a dominant culture. Like if I was a Turkish chef uh, living only in Turkey, uh, I see that, you know, they are. Um, if you look at in the, in the culinary scene and if you look at in the all the chefs in Turkey that are that are being talked about in the world, like Mehmet Gürüz, Musa Dadevran, uh, Maksu Tashkar, all, all the great chefs we have, uh, Turkish chefs we have in here, like Ibi, like Josh Coşkun um, in Melbourne, like Ismail in Melbourne before. They, none of them or none of us came from that um, culinary ranks. Of turkey that is quite limiting. Um, and it, it gives us a great luxury that we can be more adventurous. You know, we can play around with flavors and we can adapt and do our things. So I, I really like that aspect of my life at the moment.
1: Well, it's been an absolute honor to have you on Deep in the Weeds today. I know you're incredibly busy.
0: <laughs> it's been great being in here because. Yeah, because this has been your like your podcast has been my go-to when I'm in Turkey to see what is happening in Australia because it gives great insight and real stories about all our um, contemporaries in the industry so I thank you for inviting me
1: oh that's ama- amazing to hear and um, please keep in touch and we'll definitely have to catch up again soon
0: thank you thank you Anthony
1: this is the deep in the weeds podcast I'm Anthony Huckstep